Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Scott Guasco. This is episode 188 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, joined once again by Lucas Kayser. Lucas, how are we holding up, man? I'm doing good. I'm ready to act like we're not done with rookie content and make second and third year player content <laughs> and then go back to rookies next week. So, My man, I'm really excited about this new uh, series that we're going to do here. I haven't done this yet on the podcast. Obviously, you and I are coming into year two, but last year you and I didn't do this. Um, we are going to be breaking down second year players specifically for the next two weeks. So Tuesday and Thursday of this week, Tuesday and Thursday of next week, that'll lead us right into the NFL draft preview with our brother, Jonathan Rifkin coming on. Uh, he's an old friend of mine and a great, great uh, analyst working for Fox sports in the college scene pretty deep. So he's going to be a great asset for us to bring on for NFL draft preview in the next couple of weeks. We'll also have an interview with him for this month's interview series as well. And then following the draft, we'll pick it up with third-year uh, players as well. So today we're going to be breaking down the second-year quarterbacks. So this means that these players were drafted. Obviously, they were rookies last year, drafted in 2019, played as a rookie or didn't play. And they're coming into 2020 as a second-year quarterback. So quarterbacks specifically, today we're going to be breaking down Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Garner Minshew, your boy Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, and a quick mention of Jarrett Stidham and Will Greer as well. So first, uh, before we get into these players, is there any quick, uh, you know, 30 seconds or less analysis or point you would make on second-year quarterbacks specifically coming out of that rookie season? Yeah, I mean, I'll break down more in depth. I guess I will say, so I'm going to be referencing a lot of, uh, like, hit rate is what we call them, hit rate percentages. They're actually going to be in the rookie draft guide that's coming out on April 26th. Uh, Dwayne or Dewey's Nuts on Twitter. He's part of the team. He made all these, so I've been referencing these a lot. So when I rattle off... Shout oh no. out to Dewey's, man. Mm -hmm. Crushing it on the content. For sure. So when I rattle off like hit rate numbers, just know I'm referencing uh, the charts that will be on the draft guide. Okay, can you explain what a hit rate actually means? Yeah, so um, with each... So for quarterbacks, um, we're going to be listing off so second-year guys that hit the top six top 12, top 18, and top 24 in terms of overall fantasy finish, not points per game. So obviously if they hit top 12, they're going to hit top six as well. So it's kind of like a little bit of an overlap. Um, but we'll go, we'll go like more and more in depth for each player. But overall, um, a lot of interesting stats actually. Some of these guys probably were not going not gonna to want the numbers to line up this way. So I'm going to take more of the strictly analytical approach to it. Um, and then we can kind of give some background if there's whatever the case may be, different scenarios. Fantastic. That's great. And I, I just, I want to be, I want to make sure that you and I are um, aware of and sensitive to, if it's the right term, uh, some of these kind of nerd terminologies that you and I throw out yeah. no big deal because, yeah. because we, we speak the language um, in the fantasy football world, but uh, the casual listener um, may not understand all these terms. So just when we come up on something, if I drop one, call me out. Likewise with you, um, it's more, I know what we're talking about, but it's more to let people know exactly what all these numbers mean. Cause you and I um, pride ourselves on being very analytics and statistically based uh, informationally, which then forms our opinions. Um, but sometimes we get a little too nerdy <laughs> and I think the, the standard person may not follow along. So agree, uh, let's make sure we're co comfortable about that. All right, man. Well, let's dive right into it. Uh, first one on the board. We got to talk about Kyler Murray uh, first draft pick uh, rookie of the year Heisman trophy, the whole the whole can of worms um of course on the cardinals 
finished 2019 as the QB7 as a rookie. QB7 as a rookie, and uh, he had 18.82 fantasy points per game. So the way I ranked these players to talk about them is less about preference for you and I, and it's more about their finish from last year as we go throughout the series. So they're, it's based on their finish from last year. And instead of some of these players, instead of breaking down exactly where they uh, where they fell, it's more about points per game because not all these players, of course, as a rookie, played a full 16 games. Yep. Kyler Murray did play 16 games, but as you'll, as you'll notice through the rest of the episode, not all these quarterbacks played all 16. So it's less about where they landed overall and more about the points per game that we can then build up to for this year in 2020. So Kyler Murray, QB7 in 2019, 18.82 fantasy points per game. Let's look into 2020 for him. For sure. So I'm going to start off um, with the hit rate numbers for all the quarterbacks first, and then I'll break it down by each one. So second rate hit rate percentage, I'm going to read this off from finishing top six, top 12, top 18, top 24. If they were a top five pick, the chance of them finishing as a top six quarterback the next year, 25% out of the sample size, which I'm trying to pull up, but my computer's freezing on me. Um, top 12, 42% hit that mark. Obviously, if they hit top 12, like I said, they also hit top six. So it's a little bit of an overlap. 75% top 18 quarterback and a 83% chance out of the sample. This is from 2010 to 2019 as well. Hit the top 24 quarterback range. So obviously, Kyler Murray was a top five pick, number one overall pick. So he comes into this year with a 25% chance to finish as a top six quarterback in that sample. I think it was, if I can get it load here, I'll, I'll reference him back later. But it was, um, I guess, and a 42% chance to finish top 12. So he kind of has that like, I don't think he's going to fall out of the top 12. I think everyone can kind of argue with that, that he's going to be stuck in there. But that 25% chance to finish in the top six is kind of scary if you're looking at it just based on like an odds or percentage number. So then I dug a little deeper with that. I went to all the quarterbacks in 2010 to 2019 that have rushed. Well, I took all, all of them, and then I went into the ones that have the rushing floor that he does. So I'm going to read off all the quarterbacks taken top five from 2010 to 2019. We got Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Sam Darnold, and yeah, that's the list of nine or 10. I don't remember what it is. But then I took all the quarterbacks with, I put rushing upside, but with proven rushing floor. Ultimately, I chose Cam, RG3, and Marcus Mariota. And then I looked at each one in their year two. So Cam in year two finishes a QB4 with only 19 passing touchdowns. RG3 in year two finished with QB, at QB17 with no rushing touchdowns. Mariota in year two. QB9 with only 349 rushing yards. So basically what I'm trying to say is num I am going to take the side of the numbers on some of these, but this one, I think 25% chance, but he has that rushing upside. I don't see any any worry with Kyler. Um, all the surrounding cast is there. He got DeAndre Hopkins. The passing attack is there. The defense is not the great that greatest, so they're going to be losing games. Um, so it all adds up, and then you add this on top of it. I put him down. I don't have my set rankings, but I put him as a top five quarterback lock for sure. Love it. Right now I have Kyler Murray as my QB four in redraft and three in dynasty. He finished last year with 3,722 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. He also ran 93 attempts, which is crazy for a quarterback, 550, uh, 544 yards and four touchdowns as well. So uh, 24 total touchdowns and uh, over – 
4,000 total yards there for Kyler Murray. So I don't think there's any um, any hesitation in him being in the top five at all, especially getting Nuke, as you mentioned, and having a, court, uh, a running back like Kenyon Drake now uh, to keep defenses honest. I think Kyler Murray's going to be just fine. Second year of that air raid system with Cliff Kingsbury. Of course, they have a previous relationship from college. I think the Cardinals are going to surprise a lot of people this year. So Kyler Murray off the board, top five. Uh, as a quarterback this year, again, I've got him redraft QB4, Dynasty QB3. Let's move on to Daniel Jones of the Giants. 2019 QB22, 17.61 fantasy points per game. Yeah, so this one was kind of surprising. Um, obviously, he was a he was a top five pick, if I remember right. Oh, gosh, I'm going to butcher it. No, actually, he was number six. So he went number six. So he has a little a lot bit of, of controversy behind that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So there's, he had a little bit of a different percentages, but still a good outlook. So for top 10 quarterbacks, the percentage of him in year two hitting a top six quarterback actually jumps up to 28% from Kyler's 25%. But his top 12 goes down from 42 to 39. And the top 18 was a 67%. Um, so I put down he has a surprisingly a good rushing floor we kind of saw that last year so i think he's kind of a lock for top 18 just because of that even if he plays bad his 400 some rushing yards will keep him there but him having three percent higher chance to finish top six compared to kyler obviously like kyler's the better quarterback i think but you can look at that and say maybe i want to take a later round chance on daniel jones because the numbers add up more to those type of quarterbacks hitting um his team still has a lot of holes left. Their defense still, they made good moves, but they're still, I think, kind of figuring some things out. Ultimately, I put him in the QB 10 to 11 to 12 range. Um, depending on how the draft goes, I could ultimately see him being my QB 7 or 8 just because he does have that rushing floor we saw, and I think the team is completely building around him. But I think just looking at the, the hit rate percentage, it really sort of gained confidence um, in him for me just based off the numbers. I totally agree. I've got Daniel Jones right in that. I've got him in uh, redraft QB 13, dynasty QB 11, and that's with upside. I, I agree with you that they're building the team around him. Of course, Saquon Barkley. Uh, we saw Darius Slayton come up last year as a rookie. Sterling Shepard's still there. Evan Ingram, if he can stay healthy, is one of the most athletic tight ends in the league, and uh, Golden Tate there as well. Um, I still think they're going to get a, a receiver eventually in the draft this year. Uh, maybe it's not a top priority for them necessarily, but uh, certainly we'll get somebody there. So I think that'll that'll help Daniel Jones. And, and when they took him at number six out of Duke, uh, there was a lot of controversy. There were other quarterbacks available. There were defensive needs. There were top receivers. And they went for it. Um, I remember talking on the podcast. I'm not going to sit here pretending like I knew he would be as productive as a rookie in the NFL that wasn't the case, but I did come on the podcast after the draft and just say, like, I'm not sure why everyone's super hating the pick. I believe in the player in general. Of course, the Eli Manning situation unfolded and everything else is history. Daniel Jones does have that floor. He had 49, uh, 45 rush attempts, excuse me, 279 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. That's to go with he was also over 3,000 yards, 3,027 yards passing, 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So actually had more um, passing touchdowns than Kyler Murray there and uh, still 12 interceptions. So also a great floor. Daniel Jones played 13 games because, of course, Eli Manning was still there as well. So um, Daniel Jones could surprise. And, and honestly, if he keeps that rushing floor up and they get another true number one weapon or if Darius Slayton takes that step and Saquon can stay healthy, 
Um, I, I really think he could be a top 10 quarterback this year with that upside. We saw Josh Allen do it last year. Um, and Daniel Jones, I think, is uh, really primed to make to make a big step here in year two. So, again, I've got redraft QB 13, dynasty QB 11 for Daniel Jones of the Giants. Let's move on. One of the more fun characters at the quarterback position this year, maybe uh, maybe more more hype on his style than his actual play, but nonetheless, he is a playmaker. That's Garner Minshew of the Jags, QB 23 last year in 14 games, 16.13 fantasy points per game. So, no one's gonna like this. So, based off the numbers, I, I pulled up my sheets. So I have the sample size. Fifth year quarter, fifth round five quarterbacks in the second year. There's been ten of them that are charted from 2010 to 2019. Obviously, there's been more, but ten that maybe actually saw snaps, whatever the case may be. Zero in every single category. No one has ever hit a top 24 quarterback in year two as a round five quarterback. Obviously, take that for what you will. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say do not take Gardner Minshew because obviously, if they don't try and get Herbert or Tua, he's going to be the starter. He's going to produce in fantasy. So I think if that doesn't happen, they don't draft a quarterback to compete with him. I still think he's right around the QB 15 to like 17 range. I don't know. I'm not super high on him. It's just the situation I think sort of draws me off of it. A lot of just average talent around him and a team that is rebuilding. They've obviously made that obvious. Everyone's on the trade block on their team. So I think the numbers shouldn't draw you off of him, but the numbers should hold you back and maybe make you look elsewhere. Um, Even in Dynasty, People are saying he's a good value maybe in a startup, but I don't know about a trade. I don't think there's much value there for a fifth-round guy. And obviously, you just saw or you just heard me or saw me say the numbers aren't promising for him. I totally agree with you, man. I've got him at uh, redraft QB 25, dynasty QB 20. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the chances of him being top 15 uh, are slight there. I've, I've, I think you said it perfectly that it. I'm not necessarily totally off of him, he's not going to be my QB one. In a in a two QB league, I, I would wouldn't mind him being a you know a steady with upside QB two. Um, but I think that you hit it right, saying that that situation, that breakdown, that history is definitely pumping the brakes for me uh, uh-huh. to be excited about him. Now I say this all the time on the podcast: it's less about the player, more about the situation. Garner Minshew at Washington State. I watch a lot of Cougars football because I'm up here in the Northwest. Of course, the Ducks, the Pac-12, the rivalry, whatnot. So um, he's got the skill. He had the Mike Leach situation. He can chuck it all day long. The Jags are not that type of team. Everybody on that team is, uh, as you mentioned, not only on the on the trade block, but also disgruntled to say the least, whether it's management, um, ownership, coaching, whatever it is. Garner Minshew, I think, is just excited to have a job in the NFL, so he's not going to be complaining anytime soon, I don't think. But Leonard Fournette is really the only one left of that AFC Championship Jags team a couple years ago that should have beaten the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. Anyway, they run through Leonard Fournette. Um, DJ Chark is a great uh, young talent. We'll talk about him uh, coming up. Uh, and Leonard Fournette's great. D.D. Westbrook, I still have faith in. But other than that, I don't see them having a lot of options there in the past game. I think they're another team that could definitely look at a wide receiver. Um, I just don't see the weapons for him to make it happen. Now, he kind of reminds me um, of, you know, just a guy that can scramble and make plays, which is valuable in fantasy. Uh, he ran the ball a little bit as well, 67 carries, 300 
44 yards. So actually had more production on the ground than Daniel Jones did. It didn't score on the ground, but had more uh, attempts in rushing. So he has the ability to do that also over 3000 yards, 3,271 yards, 21 touchdowns and six interceptions uh, over those 14 games. So Garner Minshew could definitely get it done. I think he needs more weapons and he needs uh, a better clubhouse, if you will, uh, to stay steady there for the Jags. But right now I'm pumping the brakes because there are other quarterbacks that I'm more confident in. But the upside for Garner Minshew, I think, is is top 15, potentially maybe even QB1 with that dual threat if he is able to uh, get another solid weapon to go with DJ Chark. Yeah, I think it's just, like you said, the situation is just, I don't know the redraft ADP. I'm not too worried about it till post-draft because I don't think it matters right now. I have to imagine come the summer, due to the way he holds himself, he's going to be in the similar ADP range of like Tom Brady, Matt Stafford. I think he's going to be right up in that range. And I think in redraft, I would rather take any of those guys over him. And in dynasty, I, the way at least the way I play is I have two quarterbacks before we get to Gardner Minshew going off the board. So I just, I'm not like, oh, he sucks. But I think I'm just not going to have him on any of my teams. Um, obviously, I'm a numbers-based numbers guy. Just That just to me is very concerning. So I have the ECR, which we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast. That is the expert consensus ranking, and this is coming off of Fantasy Pros. And right now, Garner Minshew, uh, I mentioned I've got him at, at QB 25. ECR actually has him at QB 26. And the two players above and below him are Philip Rivers at 24, Ryan Fitzpatrick at 25, Garner Minshew, and then Drew Locke at 27, and Dwayne Haskins after that. And we're going to get into both those guys here in a second. So still in that kind of uh, back-end QB2 range because I think it's less about Garner Minshew's ability and more about the talent around him. So once again, Garner Minshew, kind of a polarized, you know, a fun character. I think we're all kind of rooting for the guy. Um, you, like you said, a fifth-round draft pick, so they just kind of taken a gamble on him. But they got rid of Foles to go to Chicago, which is a whole other conversation. Unless they bring in a Jameis Winston or a Cam Newton, which I think could be possible by the end of the summer, um, or draft another late-round quarterback or something, it's it's definitely Garner Minshew's team as of right now. So I've got him at redraft 25, dynasty QB 20. Let's jump into your boy here, Drew Locke of the Broncos. Um, I didn't put down his ranking last year because he only played in four games, but in those four games, 14.76 fantasy points per game, of course, uh, Uncle Flacco started the, the season. Eventually, uh, he got hurt again. They found out that he was just uh, beyond washed, and uh, they gave Drew Locke the option there. Um, he did quite well. I've got him as a breakout in 2020 for sure. I know, of course, being the uh, the house Broncos fan, you believe in him as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do around him. Of course, Cortland Sutton coming up. They've got three very capable running backs now. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, of course, Noah Fant. There are a lot of weapons there. We only have a four-game sample size with Drew Locke. I know, obviously, you're excited about him. Break it down for me. Well, this is another scary one, as much as we don't want it to be on this podcast. So since 2010... Um, in the sample of round two quarterbacks from 2010 to 2019, there's only nine of them. So about one a year. So it's not a lot compared to the other positions. But it's, I guess to be exact, it's one third of round one quarterbacks in that um, stretch. In year two, round two quarterbacks hitting the top six, 0%. Hitting the top 12, another zero. Top 18 and top 24, both 33%. So that kind of means that top 18 sort of outweighs 24 because obviously, like I said, the 24 is also in the 18. 
kind of scary when you look at it. Um, I didn't break down too much like the overall teams of the quarterbacks I'm going to name next, but I think this kind of gives you some light as to maybe his career tra- trajectory. So round two QBs since 2010. There's only nine of them, like I said. Deshaun Kaiser, Christian Hackenberg, Andy Dalton, Jimmy G, Colin Kaepernick, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, Brock Osweiler, Jimmy Clausen. I took the three, um, I put in quotation marks, best ones out of the list. That, that actually have, had a career? The, yeah, that had and have a little bit similar skill set. So Derek Carr, uh, rookie year 2014, second year 2015, QB 20 in his rookie year, QB 13 in his um, sophomore year. But his third year was QB 8. Jimmy G didn't play his first two years, so if you want to give the he improved in his third year narrative, go for it. I mean, but in his third year with the Niners, he improved, so it's kind of the same um, path there. And then Andy Dalton from uh, 2011 rookie year, QB 16, 2012 sophomore year, QB 12, and then his third year he was QB 5. So I don't, I look at this and I see a lot of third year QB um, sort of like breakout or establishing his actual role. And that's tough because I don't, like I said, I didn't go down and break it, break down the overall teams of all those guys, but I would like to think Cortland Sutton, possibly Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CD Lamb, Noah Fant, Melvin Gordon, and Philip Lindsay would be a better team than those guys. I would think, I don't, I'm not for sure. I'm breaking it down, but that just kind of brought me some pause. Um, ultimately to put, I mean, I don't think I'm even going to have Drew Locke in my top 14 quarterbacks in redrafts anyways, but I think he just kind of, that just kind of proves that he has to be that low end too. And in Dynasty, I think even though his ADP is rising, I still think that just screams bye to me because like I said, third year is kind of when I think he'll maybe hit home and take it from there. I'm with you. And, and a quick uh, quick note on Cortland Sutton, who I think that, that uh, Melvin Gordon obviously coming over is going to command the offensive touches. But Cortland Sutton in the passing game certainly uh, broke out last year, and I think he'll even go uh, go up more this year. Um, he's one of these three-year players that we're going to talk about uh, come up in May after the draft. But just a quick sneak peek. Uh, he was the wide receiver 18 this year, and that's more than – half the season with Joe Flacco and just four games with Cortland Sutton, but I like that a lot. Cortland Sutton's fantasy points per game went up a touchdown a game. So it went from 8.5 to 14.2 fantasy points per game. Uh, I've got him um, right now in my kind of that top 15 area in my uh, um, current rankings. As far as Drew Locke goes, I am with you kind of like Gardner Minshew, but more optimistic. I've got him at 20 in redraft and 17 in dynasty. Um, I really do think that he has the potential to uh, definitely be a QB two. Um, I'd be pretty thrilled to be honest with you if I went late, where I think you can get him quite late in drafts, even come uh, in the summer, depending on who they draft as a receiver. But if you're able to go in two QB leagues or stream quarterbacks and pick, you know, maybe a, a, a Matt Stafford and a Drew Locke, it wouldn't look sexy on your rosters. But come week four, five, eight. If you're streaming those guys, I think you could find some gold and then, of course, get the value at those other positions uh, in the rest of your draft. So I like Drew Locke a lot. Um, I do have the optimism for him. I definitely think they're going to be picking one of those uh, top-tier wide receivers. Um, You and the rest of the TCK crew have done a lot of breakdowns on rookies and uh, who you expect uh, players to fall with. We don't need to get too far into that, but because we're talking about it, which of those receivers right now do you think he's going to get? Um, and if it's not him, who's maybe your second choice? And let's do maybe a split personality for you. 
fantasy uh, analyst answer and then maybe a Broncos fan answer. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, just an overall Broncos fan, I would want C.D. Lamb. I mean, I think it I think is possible. Does. Yeah, it is possible. <laughs> I, do too but... as, I do too as a Niner fan as well. So. Yeah, so we'll see about that, I guess. But I think um, who I actually think they're going to get, I think it's going to be Henry Ruggs. I think he's going to be the third guy off the board. He's either going to be the first or he's going to be the third. Someone either wants a downfield stretcher or they just see him as a downfield stretcher and ultimately go elsewhere. But I don't, I don't even know if he's going to be on the board at that pick now that I kind of like think about it more. It's tough because when you get after him, like Jefferson and Denzel Mims, as, as good as they are, I don't think he would help what we actually need. So I don't know. I think, But I think Ruggs, in terms of fantasy on the Broncos, still wouldn't be that great though because, I mean, what's he going to see? Maybe a, maybe a 20% market share behind... Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Noah Fant. Like, I don't – it's tough. But I think Henry Ruggs is ultimately – like, if I had to stake a claim right now, it would be him. Um, but I think going non-wide receiver round one is probably more likely. Got you. Yeah, I, I definitely think the Broncos could use kind of that big play uh, home run hitter, if you will, uh, which Ruggs obviously gives you there with the speed. All right, Drew Locke, one more time. Redraft, uh, QB 20, Dynasty, QB 17 for me as of right now. Next up, we have Dwayne Haskins, uh, Redskins. Again, um, only played nine games, so I'm not going to break down where he actually finished. Just 9.3 fantasy points per game as a quarterback. That's quite porous. Um, my first question is, does Washington actually believe in him? Um, of course, they have uh, Ron Rivera now uh, coming over from Carolina. As of this podcast, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, as I just mentioned, with Jacksonville are still out there. I don't think Cam Newton to Washington is completely uh, off the table. Um, I'm not a Dwayne Haskins guy. I've, met, I've mentioned many times that I think he's just Jameis Winston all over again personally, um, on and off the field maybe. I just – I don't know. I know he's got football sense, if you will, but he just – for some reason has the, the, the lack of swagger, the charisma or something to remind me of Jameis Winston. Anyway, um, let's break down Dwayne Haskins. And if, if you don't think Washington believes in him to make him that guy, they did get rid of Case Keenum. Um, Colt McCoy is definitely not the guy. Uh, but if you don't think Dwayne Haskins is going to be the Redskins starter, do they make a move for Andy Dalton, um, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, or do they look again in the draft? Yeah, so they actually traded for Kyle Allen um, recently. Right. Obviously, Rivera. Another, another Panthers quarterback. Yep. So Rivera had the connection. So to me, I think that means they're not going quarterback at two. I think that, I mean, what's the point of giving away? I think it was a fifth-round pick to go draft two at two. It doesn't really make any sense to me, and I think Rivera is a smart enough coach. Uh, for Haskins, though, in the sample, round one quarterbacks, 27 total. The top six percentage of um, the year two, 26%. Top 12, 39%. Top 18, still 56%. So I think, to me, like, obviously he's good because he got drafted high. He's a good quarterback. The team just kind of sucks. Like, I mean, like, everyone can say that. So, like, there's solid odds for him to hit those um, thresholds. So, to me, that kind of just makes him, like, a late draft, late round redraft shot, maybe. Um, I put Dynasty by all day because everyone's off of him, it seems like. I mean, I'm even kind of off of him. But the the odds of him hitting in year two, because um, obviously this takes into account 27 quarterbacks on all different kinds of teams. I don't know exactly which quarterback finished where in that 27, but I have a feeling there was some on bad teams. So maybe they, there's a shot he could finish back in top 12 if something clicks, I guess. It seems very long shot, but I think 
Like, I would rather take a shot on Haskins in redraft than Gardner Minshew, just based off those percentages of him hitting in year two. Fair enough. I've got Dwayne Haskins right now at 30 in redraft and 22 in dynasty. Um, I'm not a fan, as I just mentioned, but a lot of my ranking currently has to do with I just don't know if he's the guy or not. Mm-hmm. If he's 100% the guy, I can reevaluate. If he's 100% not the guy, I'll also reevaluate there. So uh, 30 in redraft, I just, I'm just not sure. And in Dynasty, if I was drafting today, uh, way early before the draft and things, I would take him late just to see what happens. He did throw 50 touchdowns at Ohio State before he was drafted. He does have um, former teammate uh, receiver Terry McLaurin, which we'll talk about uh, in the receivers breakdown of our second-year players. Uh, McLaurin went 58 for 919 and seven touchdowns as a rookie. So he's got the weapons. The Redskins, for me, have to find another receiver. Um, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. They have six running backs, if I'm – uh, correct right now and yeah. I'm not sure yep. any of them are like the guy uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what they actually do there in Washington um, but I think Ron Rivera could certainly turn it around uh, we did see some positive uh, years out of Cam Newton early in his career um, Dwayne Haskins not you know mobile-ish but definitely not that dual threat necessarily that the rest of these quarterbacks so far have been so again I think there's just a lot to be uh a lot to be shown from Dwayne Haskins so far as far as what the Redskins do as a franchise uh, with his position, but also his ability to step up again in nine games uh, to have a 9.3 fantasy points per game. That's bad. Um, it's just not going to get it done. And, and the Redskins are run heavy. Uh, obviously we're not sure what Darius Geis is going to bring. If anything, Adrian Peterson, who's still Adrian Peterson, but um, at the tail end, obviously of his career and a bunch of other pass catching running backs, I'd like to see Bryce Love get a chance and see what happens. If he's healthy, maybe that opens up the pass game. Anyway, a lot of question marks there for Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins. Again, I've got him at uh, QB 30 right now in redraft, uh, Dynasty 22, but a lot of that just has to do with uh, the developments coming forward for the Redskins. And I think along the point with the six running backs and this kind of the way they've sort of built it now, I think that's a kind of a good thing for Haskins because, I mean, if you look at the past, they've never really had a workhorse just due to – guys getting injured love you being injured but like it's worked for him i mean ap still fantasy relevant so i think mm-hmm. what it's kind of showing to me is that they're going to go uh i think they're going to go okuda at two but that's not the point they're going to go yeah. good defensive player at two they have they do not have a second round pick because they traded it to the colts but i could see them easily moving veterans whatever the case may be they have three young receivers maybe add a veteran there but there's still guys like taylor gabriel um, Demarius Thomas out there that could instantly help. I just think that it's like an O-line thing more than the weapons because Rivera is going to know what to do with that offense, I think. I think he's going to be able to get something out of it. So it's just a matter if the O-line can protect for Haskins because, I mean, Peyton Barber's not the greatest, but he was okay last year. Dare Ogunwabale, I think he – no, he's on the, the Bucks. still. McKissick went there. Yep. He's okay, I guess. I mean, Geis is good when he's healthy. AP can still run. So I think they're doing – sort of the right things with maybe the cap or the situation they had. So I think the draft will really tell where we ultimately uh, rank him. Totally agree. T- uh, TBD. How about that for Dwayne? Haskins? Yeah. Yeah. A couple other, uh, a couple other sophomore quarterbacks now coming into 2020, just to mention quick Jarrett Stidham. Now the heir to the throne potentially for new England and will Greer uh, still a backup in Carolina to Teddy Bridgewater. But I think, um, should have got a better crack at it last year with Kyle Allen once Cam Newton went down. Let's start with Jared Stidham real quick. Um, again, 
as of right now, all signs out of New England with Tom Brady, of course, going to Tampa Bay. Um, all signs out of New England are that Jared Sidham's going to get the chance right now, at least, to uh, be the next starting quarterback for the Patriots. Um, your quick thoughts on that? Do they make another move? People like to throw around the the uh, free agent quarterbacks coming in: Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jameis, who we've brought up multiple times now on the podcast. Do you think any of those guys have a chance to get into New England, or do you think um, you think Uncle Bill wants to just kind of like start from scratch, maybe eat a season, see what the defense can give them, and look at look at twenty twenty one maybe with a new plan? Yeah, it's tough because obviously they can't get medicals on Cam Newton. They might just not like Jameis and Andy Dalton. They kind of said it's not part of their plan. So I think, well, one, they haven't made any moves to be considered in a rebuild. So I don't think that that's part of the plan whatsoever. I mean, do you really think that, like, to me, I don't think Bill Belichick's going to go in a rebuild mode. Like, it's Bill Belichick. He probably doesn't, he doesn't know what to do if he is. I feel like that's, like, kind of the overall, um, like, theme of it. But I think even with Stidham, to me, they could still be a playoff team. They lost Vinoy. I think that's really about it. I don't even remember like exactly who they lost, but I feel like Vinoy is like the big name they lost, but they have a first round pick. Um, they have a lot of later round picks, which if you look back at Bill Belichick's track record, always do. And it, but it works. They somehow get like a Jacoby Myers or half their O lines, like fifth round or later picks. And then they're all pros that like two years later. So I'd say if it had to be one, it'd be Cam Newton because I think Stidham can produce the same as Dalton or as any other pocket. The thing is, people are trying to project like Jordan Love to them. Um, if they liked Jordan Love, then they would be forced to like Jameis Winston. Same type of quarterback. One has experience. One can throw for 5,000 yards. And they're not going to just bring in a rookie when they could go get him for super cheap and be like, listen, you don't have a contract. Like you're taking this or you're not playing on a team. So I think it's just that we're going to see, well, maybe see, post all this if they can even get a medical whatever the case may be but I think they're gonna be right back where they left off and Stidham if he does start I think he'll be right around Haskins Minshew maybe even Locke like whatever the case may be I, I low end two maybe like your three in a super flex but probably not much meat on the bone for him in fantasy I like it and if uh, Cam Newton does end up in New England somehow they would have two Auburn Tyreger uh, quarterbacks yeah, which would be fun and of course as you mentioned uh, it goes without saying but I'll just say it because it's here uh those late round grabs for bill belichick uh can't say that without mentioning tom brady at 199 that's true all right let's move on to the panthers here and this will wrap up the second year quarterback so will greer uh out of west virginia two years ago uh, just was kind of buried for the panthers kyle allen of course got that opportunity wasn't very good will greer only basically played in week 16 a little bit of week 17 but the season was pretty much over at that point didn't really get a crack at it I am not sure he's going to be super successful in the NFL per se, but I think he's at least um, Baker Mayfield of last year or Garner Minshew or one of these guys who can run a little bit, chuck it a lot, uh, and do enough to you know to keep the, the team competitive. Of course, they ship out Kyle Allen to Washington. They bring in Teddy Two Gloves. I'm still not sure about that move necessarily, but Will Greer now the backup there in Carolina. Um, if he were to get a chance, do you think it's – first of all, do you think it's actually a position battle or is Teddy the guy? Secondly, if he were to get a chance, do you think Will Greer um, has a shot to actually make it happen uh, in the pros? I, I probably should have cut you off before because they did sign P.J. Walker out of the XFL. 
Oh, that's right. I, I so, totally forgot. So good, I, good call. Good I call. don't know if Will Cruz is going to be on the roster because P.J. Walker is much more athletic. We'll see how that goes. I mean, if, if they don't even have a training camp, it'll be Greer because they're not going to sign Walker and keep mm-hmm. him over Greer without seeing him play. Um, but I do know Will Greer. I got to storm the field on him one time. I know I mentioned it that one time. But he, he's good. He's a good college quarterback. I think that's what it comes down to. There's many of those every year. Um, he was assist. He was a product of uh, Holgerson, I think was the coach's name or whatever his name was. So I think I don't know. I mean, he'd be a good backup for the long term. But if that's even if he's going to get that chance, fair enough. Uh, let's let's maybe shift the conversation then to PJ Walker a little bit. Uh, not necessarily statistical breakdowns or anything coming out of the XFL. But again, I guess my my question more so is less about maybe Will Greer and now shifting to P.J. Walker. It's more about you and I haven't had a chance necessarily to talk about the Teddy Bridgewater signing, and I don't need to, like, dial it all the way back to free agency and go through things we've already done. But what's your quick thought on that, and do you think P.J. Walker's coming in to legit contend, or is he the backup for sure, Will Greer maybe getting cut or the third string, whatever? Do you think Teddy really is the guy and – are the Panthers actually trying to be competitive or is this like a underlying, <laughs> I won't say tank, but uh, not worrying about trying to win the division this year with potentially Christian McCaffrey holding out maybe? I don't know. I'm, I've been kind of flirting with both sides on breaking it down because to me, Teddy fits perfect what that scheme is. I think um, Matt Rule and Joe Brady are going to come in. They're both Matt Rule's very analytics-based. Uh, he took over Baylor who was like worse than Iowa State in football and made them a contender in the Big 12 championship. One quarterback injury away from, I think, winning. Honestly, they had that game. But I think they're going to come in and see that the Panthers have been primarily downfield um, burners. They've been trying to do a lot of air yards, big air air yards guy. Curtis Samuel is number one in unrealized air yards. I think they're going to try and fix that, especially if they have a short training camp. Teddy Bridgewater thrives in the short passing game as much. People don't want to say – people say that he can't throw the ball downfield. But if you look at Drew Brees' uh, ADOT matchup with him, it was literally like .01 higher than him, so that's not the case. Um, but I think they're going to use what works with Bridgewater, which is the short, quick passing game. They're going to look at their three receivers, which obviously Robbie Anderson's a good deep threat, but he can do much more than that. You have Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Ian Thomas. Those are all yards after the catch guys. Um, Obviously, McCaffrey's a running back, but still fantastic in the receiving game, as we know. And maybe that'll work, but say it doesn't work. Say they go 3-13. and McCaffrey is on his contract year after this year. I don't think they would pay him if they're bad. I think they'd maybe trade him. They have a lot of veterans now. like It's weird because they traded away Trey Turner because they don't want to pay him to get Russell Okun. So, like, that's a contending move. But then they – I don't know. It's tough because they didn't really build on the defense. Um, they lost Bradbury. Didn't really add anything else. So, I guess we'll see. But it's it's hard to project right now. Obviously, you haven't seen a game or anything. And because there's so much evidence to both sides. So And then – and Bridgewater's contract wasn't uh, massive by any means. It was kind of what he's been getting maybe a little more. So, I could definitely mm-hmm. see – because if they go three and thirteen or two and fourteen, they're definitely going to take Trevor Lawrence and just get rid of Teddy B, and then maybe sign back McCaffrey. But yeah, I think it's going to be talked about quite a bit because I think there is enough evidence for both sides. So you're pretty much predicting that the Panthers go three and thirteen, and then Christian McCaffrey goes to Kansas City. Is that what I heard you say? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know about <laughs> Kansas City, but I, I definitely think if it doesn't click with what they're going to try and do, which I think is short passing 
get it out quick. Because, I mean, their division's stacked. They're going to have to do that. Yeah. If it doesn't work, I think he's going to get traded. Because I think um, Matt Rule is, like I said, analytics-based. He knows that you don't pay the running back. As good as McCaffrey is, you do not pay the running back the amount that he's going to want. So, I think, I don't know. I'm not going to say that they're going to be bad and get the number one pick. And McCaffrey's not going to be a Panther next year. But there's definitely a possibility. So, don't act surprised come next year if that happens. I agree 100%, man. I mean, look at look at Todd Gurley two years ago, mm-hmm. right? We were talking about Todd Gurley exactly the same as we are uh, Christian McCaffrey now. Two years before that, it was David Johnson, and look what's look what's unraveled. So uh, mm-hmm. I just had this fantasy of Christian McCaffrey on the Chiefs somehow and Mahomes and McCaffrey like in real life fantasy football somehow. So I thought, I thought that would be fun. It would be pretty crazy to have Patrick Mahomes – Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill on the same team and in fantasy are basically drafting them like first, second, third round. That would be uh, pretty for incredible. For sure, for sure. All right, that wraps up the quarterbacks. We have the sophomore quarterbacks coming into 2020. Again, that's Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Jarrett Stinham, and Will Greer, kind of. Uh, with the second-year quarterbacks, we saw a big jump uh, from Lamar Jackson, obviously, last year, and Josh Allen as well. Baker Mayfield kind of fell off. Sam Darnold kind of fell off from better rookie seasons. So there's a lot to happen with these quarterbacks here in the second season, but I think we uh, broke that down well. Nice job, my man. For everyone listening and tuning into the YouTube, please make sure to subscribe and drop a comment on who you think will be the uh, the best. Let's take um, – Let's say Kyler Murray off the board and uh, let us know who you think will be the uh, best sophomore quarterback out of the rest of those guys. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you leave a rate and review for us for sure. Find us on social media as always, IG at fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, Facebook, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and check out our website always, tckpod.com. Before we get out of here, Lucas, can you please give a quick preview of what's dropping April 26th? And before you do that, I know you don't have full rankings yet. We're waiting for that. But please rank these quarterbacks as you would take them right now. Uh, redraft or Dynasty? Uh, you choose. I'll do, I'll do Dynasty because that's more in tune with right now. So in Dynasty, I would go Kyler. I'd go Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Haskins. Honestly, I'd take Stidham over Minshew right now. I think the upside's there. Then I'd probably go Minshew and then Greer if you're going to rank him. Um, and then April 26th, so we got a lot of, I've been not branching off, but I've been kind of behind the scenes working on a sort of a, a big project, big oversight project for, um, the whole independent fantasy podcast community that will sooner rather than later, you'll hear more news about it. But April 26th, the rookie, um, content section of the draft guide will be posted on the fantasy stock for free. Um, we're going to drop that for free. So you see. How how good I don't want to say good because I don't want to stereotype our work. How, or how much how much we're breaking it down and how much value that we're actually able to uh, contribute and distribute uh, to the folks out there. I think that's fair. I mean, to say it's good sounds arrogant, but what you're trying to say is we put the work in and we're trying to pass it on to the people. For sure. So yeah. So go um, the website before the draft guide isn't up yet, but you can go on the fantasystockexchange.com and I'll drop the Discord link down below. We have it's the Big group chat. We have about 25, 30 people in there just doing mock drafts. We've been live streaming, getting those people in. So I'll put that link down below. Um, on April 26th, the draft guide will be out. So stoked for the draft guide. Of course, we're going to have the the entire draft guide coming out this summer, but this will be just a little teaser for you. Looking forward to that. And definitely, definitely keep track of the uh, Fantasy Stock Exchange. There's a lot of happening behind the scenes. 
It's all about networking. It's all love here on the TCK pod. Appreciate y'all. Coming up on Thursday, we have the sophomore running backs. And for Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.